Okay. Okay. Now, when you're talking about making something better in the sense of playing a video game, if you have an attack stat, so let's say 100 attack, and you decide to make a character that's like, hey, all right, for the next three seconds, your attack is now 120. That's a 20% increase. That's really yeah. good. Those are big numbers, right? Woo! Now, let's say in a card game, <laughs> we take a 1-1 one, one, and we make them a 4-4 four, four for the turn. That's a 300% increase. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 23. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode, as, you know, we're contracted by a divine being to do consistently <laughs> or else. Contracted by Aesol. Right? Like, we're, we're the reason that we haven't been blown up yet and casted into the cosmos <laughs> is because we're, ca- because we're making this podcast. So keeping up top. <laughs> Always listen to us anywhere. You can find us everywhere. Uh, if you can't, you know the joke. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Since that's where we update the most. That's the easiest place to see where we update the episodes. So you know when the new ones come out. That's at Podcast Core. That's C-O-R. And you can also send us to an email at the same name at gmail.com. And that's... If you don't know the joke, go back to episode one <laughs> yeah. and just listen until you hear the joke. And when I say at the same name at gmail.com, it's not at the same name. I just want to I want to say that it's podcastcore at gmail.com, but I'm oh trying to just, yeah. <laughs> it, just left. Um, but yeah, leave a like, leave a follow, short review, uh, and tell a friend to join the whimsical laughter of the casuals of Runeterra podcast. Uh, it's corny, but it's also way too accurate. I can't be mad at you for that one. <laughs> State of the game. Uh, so I haven't got to play as much as I thought between our last episode and this one. Yeah, go back to episode one and you'll hear him say <laughs> that again that too. Consistently. It's funny because you always like, I mean, we're gamers, right? We always want to play more. There's, there's, there's never enough time. But yeah, I'm still playing at least aggro. I think because, so what, essentially what happens is we have this new set coming up. Uh, well, new set, the, the other expansion in the Call of Mountain set coming up. Uh, and in between that time, I'm just trying to grind some levels. So I'm playing, you know, decks that aren't too crazy or cute, just getting the job done. So I'm sticking with this Elise Aggro that I talked about from last episode. So nothing new there. Uh, but uh, you've gone back to your roots. I have gone back to my roots. I was, I've been trying to dick around with a Trundle Noxus deck. Uh, and which is built around trying to give everybody overwhelm, mm-hmm. um, which I, I've been having fun with those experiments. But uh, spoiler alert, I've lost a lot. <laughs> so this week I've just been playing scouts again. I, I, I supplemented my Misfortune Quinn deck and made a copy of it, except instead of Quinn at the top, it's Garen. Yeah. Just so that way I feel like I'm playing something different. Yeah, I can respect that. Um, but otherwise, I'm, I'm just playing scouts again, and I'm beating up on people because I've I've been the, the punching bag okay. for like a whole scouts week. Scouts honor. So, 
here we are. Skeleton. So let's, let's go ahead and hop into the topic for this episode. Over the hills and through the glade to Pix's house we go. Uh, Over the hill and through the glade to Pix's house we go. So we're talking about Lulu today. Um, an interesting character when she came out. We'll get there uh, because of that fairy whimsical world aspect, but still has the terrors of fairylands that you know from many stories in the past. And we'll get into that as well. But first, we start with our spell. And our spell this week is going to be Whimsy. So, you know, no spoilers there. This one's a direct flavor pull. Uh, The developers didn't have to reach too hard for this one. Whimsy is actually a move, uh, a part of her moveset in League of Legends. uh, And the card kind of does the same thing. So it's a four-cost burst spell with transfer or transform a follower into a 1-1 squirrel and silence it this round. So if you've listened to our <laughs> 22.1 episode where we talk about uh, Hush and that <laughs> nonsense, uh, silences are strong. That's it. That's 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 yes. the tweet. <laughs> as the, as mean, the kids say. <laughs> and not even silences are strong, but like the like one of the things that makes them so strong is that most of them are on burst speed yeah. and whimsy is no different. Yeah. <laughs> like here, here we are again. At least whimsy has the benefit of being four mana instead of three, three mana. Burst I'm sticking with the theory. <laughs> Is it really a theory at this point? That's like the, that's like saying I'm sticking to the theory of gravity. Is it a theory after we've all accepted it? <laughs> Uh, it's the the cards are strong. Yeah. The cards are strong. The only thing is that you know it is a four mana burst speed spell in Ionia. Yes. Um, Ionia has a lot of really strong things at four mana, and I think that a lot of decks that should be running whimsy don't run whimsy because of the fact that it's in Ionia, in a kind of shell that usually is paired with Demacia. Yes. and it's just like oh wow, you have options. <laughs> Uh, who, so then it's like okay who cares about whimsy anymore because of how many exactly, options you exactly. got but uh, and, and the additional you know the additional cost count. they give you the one one squirrel which benefits you if you're trying to play against bigger things right but you don't want to compete on the board you can compete with the whimsy right uh and this this kind of takes us to the next card which is just this card when this came out when this was announced i immediately thought this is going to be dangerous not in the immediate future i mean obviously in limited formats this is dangerous uh, in Constructed, I've seen it a couple times, uh, but I think moving forward, this is a card they're going to have to constantly consider, which is Young bit I mean, young Witch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, young Witch <laughs> is a two-cost 1-1 one, one with Elusive. She has support. Give give my supported ally quick attack and plus one plus zero this round. So this card obviously fits in the theme of the whimsical element, um, the witches, and you know the the wonderment. But it it's dangerous because elusive is already a problem, right? Like when you put elusive on a card, you have to ver- pay attention to the stats. It's a one one, but it also is only two costed. So this means that, you know, if you have a deck that relies on getting the pings in there, right, getting hits in there to count towards something, um, this card can swing. But the fact that it gives support, it has no um, hindrance. There's no, unless your opponent is playing elusive, 
there's no hindrance for it to go face and to trigger that support. And that support is most likely going on a card that is in the deck because you're playing Young Witch, right? Um, the addition to that is Quick Attack <laughs> is another thing that, oh, well, Quick Attack immediately puts it in the favor of the attacker. I mean, this is purely an attack-based card, which that's kind of the downside. There is no blocking with this. There is no blocking with the creature that you plan on attacking with with this. So that's where you get your advantage on the opponent's side. But yeah, this card, they're going to have to keep an eye on it so that everything they release from this point forward becomes a little bit more difficult uh, to work around. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. The very first deck that I put together when I started getting um, more of the cards, like because the first deck I put together and called the mountain was Leona yeah. stuff. But when I started getting more of the cards from the set, the very first thing I put together when I started getting the Ionia stuff was just a straight up elusives deck. Like it wasn't even I, I think I had. Uh, did I even have a champion in it? It might have been like a championless list and I was just running mm -hmm. elusives and I was taking wins just because of how strong elusives are at the fact that you don't have to have reach because all of your stuff inherently has reach and then it was this was an auto include when i was putting that deck together because it's elusive as well as buffing my other yeah. elusives like it's like okay yeah plus it's plus two attack on the elusive swing <laughs> like, like it's the, the cart and the, the other thing that i'm trying to work on now is like uh with support like trying to do um make on guard work okay. again because challenger already fixes a huge problem with the with um support yeah. cards which is that you don't have control over the mm -hmm. blocking so a lot of your support creatures are just going to get blocked out after one attack unless you give everyone challenge and then you get to control how yep. the blocking works like it, it it's a good card because this has this has a lot of the problems just put into one card and so like if i can make on guard work <laughs> it's not because on guard suddenly good it's <laughs> a good point so let's go ahead and hop into talking about uh the missus herself lulu all right so lulu all right now I have made I've made a lot of controversial statements in this podcast, and there's one that I'm going to stick to, which is I hate yours. <laughs> All right. And today we're going Racism. to talk about it. You heard it here first. At the Racism. 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 <laughs> Anyone who's followed a riot games, whether it's League of Legends or League of Rutera, we all hate Yordles. Um, but no, no. So Lulu, Lulu is uh, obviously is going to be a Yordle, but she follows a very different path from the other Yordles because Lulu, Lulu's her story starts out with going on a great adventure, and by great adventure, she is a Yordle who is out experiencing nature on a nice little yep. walk and something steals her walking stick and well the chase is on lulu her brain immediately goes to hey give that back and she starts running after this creature that has taken her stick and has just flown Alice off in wonderland part two Alice in Wonderland Part 2. Now, if anyone who knows Alice in Wonderland, you know that Alice falls into a hole and goes into into Wonderland. Yeah. Well, Pix runs over the hills and through the woods. <laughs> and instead of Wonderland, 
instead of Wonderland, Lulu ends up in the Glade. So Lulu's story does start off with her following picks into a place called the Glade. And I do want to take a little bit of a detour to talk about the Glade because – we don't know a lot about the glade and as far as following just off of the bare bones lore of what we're first given there isn't a lot to know about the glade the only thing that we know about the glade is that it is a it is a parallel realm quote unquote it's kind of like piercing parallel the veil. Realm. it is a part of this world parallel around <laughs> that should um, be the title but it yeah, <laughs> we, we messed, messed up, up. Yeah. um this, it is definitely more like it, it is definitely more along the lines of like piercing the veil between the worlds it's kind of this in the realm of room terra but at the same time not mm-hmm. and the only thing that we can surmise from it is that the closest that room Terrans know to understanding what the glade is, <clears throat> is that Bandle city is also kind of in that same spectrum of being in this world, but not in the world. So they kind of share that, but residents of Bandle city also believe that Bandle city may have come from the yeah. glade and they know that the glade existed long before Bandle city did. And that's all they know. Like, and with that, it's just you know, theories. It's hearsay. It's wives' tales coming down from the elders of yeah. Bramble City. So we have a lot of question marks over the Glade. And the only living being to really go in and out of the Glade is mm-hmm. Lulu. And key point there is that she goes in yep. and out. So how does she get out? So Lulu ends up chasing picks into the Glade. And when picks finally just decides that he's had enough fun with running through the glade. He just kind of stops. She kind of stops too. He turns her walking stick into the staff that we all know Lulu carries Mm -hmm. into the spiraled, you know, definitely looking like a magic staff just tosses it to her. And Lulu is just like, Oh, cool. Thanks. What does it do now? And then she decides to go and start, playing around with her staff on all the wildlife <laughs> much like a you know a very psychologically disturbed young yeah. kid that is just playing with all of these different explosives on the animal life <laughs> around him and you're like that kid needs yeah. a shrink lulu does that <laughs> lulu needs a shrink <laughs> But it works out because instead, Lulu finds out that with her staff, she can now change the size mm-hmm. of wildlife. So she's having fun with running into large, larger-than-life creatures and then shrinking them down into the size of a squirrel and vice versa. Yeah. And she just goes around and starts casting everything on the wildlife. And Pix is just loving it. So this fairy decides, you know what? I'm going to hang out with you. So Lulu and Pix become best friends. And what they do is they go around the glade, literally terrorizing all of the wildlife. And this continues until she realizes that she's now terrorizing the wildlife of Runeterra instead of the glade. She doesn't even realize that she's walked out Mm -hmm. of the glade. She doesn't know how she walked out of the glade. Did Pix decide to like guide her back into Runeterra or did Pix open a door? Is the entrance kind of constantly changing and she just accidentally runs out. We don't know. So then Lulu goes, wait, how long was I gone? 
and Lulu doesn't know how long she was yeah. gone either. It could have been a few minutes. It could have been a few years. Who knows? That's the whimsy. But she decides. <laughs> that's the whimsy. She decides. Well, I haven't casted this on any children oh, yet. No. So then she goes and continues terrorizing Room yeah. Terra, like const- like in very much whimsy is an important word here because she is just work- going off of her own whimsy, and this continues until she decides that she's bored with Room Terra and wants to go back to the mm-hmm. Glade, and then she can't get back. And then Pix goes, "Hey, I don't remember how to get back." <laughs> Pix is just like and we- it, it, he's such a. I mean, it's that whole free will concept of fantasy worlds, right? Like these whimsical, yes. where it, it, like you, your childlike wonderment was a great, a great analogy, because you know you give a child a crown, and they just go do what they want. They don't know they're destroying your house, but they're having fun, right? They're exploring this new thing yeah. you've given them, um, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And and they also – they're not thinking about the consequences either. They're not considering how much work you have to put into uh, washing down all the walls to get this red and blue crayon off the wall. Like just like, no, like – no, I I want to figure out what these do if I put them over (laughs) here. Uh, that's all. and that is very much Lulu's yeah. character. And the only the only descriptions that we have, like after Lulu decides that she's trying to get to get back to the Glade, is that she decides, well, this direction feels right right now, and yeah. she goes, and she literally just follows her own whimsical sense of adventure, and is convinced that following this path will lead her back to the Glade at some point. Um, and I do love that when she's, you know, going back to this point of like, yeah, I'll just follow wherever, wherever my desires take me, I'll just go is that now Runeterra is just filled with these legends of a group of Demacian children disappearing for a week (laughs) and then finally returning and telling their parents that they'd been turned into chipmunks for a whole week (laughs) And no one believes yeah, it. Honestly, it's Demasi as well. So that's, that's another. <laughs> that's the yeah. wrong parents to tell. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone that there was magic anywhere near you. <laughs> I love you, baby. So um, the card, so, though, it, then, it's, it's one of those things where it, when you talk about terrorizing. <laughs> so this, they somehow found a way to make Lulu terrorize the real world we live in <laughs> when this card came out. Yep. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Lulu's card is something else. So, uh, for anyone for anyone who really only follows the Rune Terra and like doesn't know a lot about League of Legends, in League of Legends, Lulu is one of those heroes that was built around being like they were. It was built specifically to be a yeah. support. So they were built to not necessarily need a lot of gold or items, and th- their whole kit is built around putting stuff on an ally. And making the ally better. Yeah. All right. And when you talk about making an ally better, let's talk about translating that into the card. And in card form, Lulu is a 2 3 at 4 mana with support. Ally grows up to 4 4 this round. So, okay. Okay. Now. When you're talking about making something better in the sense of playing a video game, if you have 
an attack stat. So let's say 100 attack. And you decide to make a character that's like, hey, all right, for the next three seconds, your attack is now 120. That's a 20% increase. That's really yeah. good. Those are big numbers, right? Woo! Now, let's say in a card game, <laughs> we take a 1-1 one, one, and we make them a 4-4 four, four for the turn. <laughs> That's a 300% increase. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> like, so, I, like, already just, if you, we had left this at a three mana, two, three, make an ally a four, four, and that's like any ally a yeah. four, four, that's already great. And the if you're doing that in the, as increasing stats, like they're not even losing the stats technically because you're giving them free stats, and in situations where they die, yep. they live. Like it's already great. So then we flip Lulu, and the way that she flips is that you support allies um, four times. So allies have been supported. No, three times. My bad. So three plus times. And when she flips, it's a three four. They ally the supported ally becomes a five five instead of a four four, which that is already just like still ridiculous. Like the amount of free stats that you're dumping on this board is already dumb now. But on top of that, at round start, create a fleeting help picks in hand and help picks. Oh my god, <laughs> help picks. <laughs> So, Help Picks is a one-mana burst spell. Um, it's another one of these spells that came out um, with Call mm. of the Mountain where it cannot be played in response to combat. So, you've got to do this preemptively or retroactively, yeah. um, which I do like that. I think that I do think that, that whole thing kind of gets around a lot of the pro problematic design space of burst. And the, this is how you get away with having such a powerful effect at one mana burst speed. Um, but the one mana burst speed can't be played in combat. Give an ally barrier or an enemy vulnerable this round. So all of a sudden, you count this board with all these free stats. <laughs> and the fact that you have to level it up by supporting is that you're already adding more free yeah. stats onto free stats. And now you have the chance to give something barrier or give an enemy vulnerable. That thus, you're controlling the way that blocking happens now. The card, Lulu's card is ridiculous. And it is absolutely some of the most fun I've had building decks in runeterra um if the only problem that i have with it is that it's it's strong yeah. like don't do like do not take my gushing as me playing for the camera <laughs> it's a strong effect it's a strong strong I think across effect, the board yeah, it's I think across the board this is one of those cases where it does too much um like it just it, it's too much on one card i get it and like you said, you got to scale some of it back. Um, there were a lot of issues early on when this came out, but you know more decks have been pumped up, and we're about to get some more cards to help deal with it. So it, it's tailed back a bit. So this kind of takes me into you know after talking about her lore, after talking about the card, this kind of takes me into our question for the day, which isn't this is just a question, no challenge. No, no. It's fairly simple because based on you know we're really into a lot of different types of fantasy, uh, you know whether it be read or watched in you know various forms. 
but the the fantasy element and how it's represented is a popular thing. Do you prefer Hedge when it's the whimsical, childlike representation of fantasy or the abomination, horrid dream of fantasy, like the twisted darkness with a veil of primary colors, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which one do you usually prefer with um, in, in your um, mediums? I, I am I am very much a simpleton, mm. um, so I I do prefer I do prefer a lot more of like the whimsical, childlike yeah. stuff. Uh, and I I'm more it's more along the lines where it's like I like I like stuff that makes me yeah. laugh. So even when it comes to a lot of the darker style, like if you're specifically talking fantasy, like a lot of darker styles, I prefer the dark stuff that has humor in it. Like I love, you know, childlike comedy, and I also love dark comedy. Like the stuff is just taking a very morbid subject and coloring it in a light to make you laugh. So I, I like it when the two meet, but if I have to, if I have to pick one, it would definitely be more like the whimsical stuff because I, I want to laugh at the end yeah. of the day. Um, so that's, that's a no brainer for me. I, I'll, I'll take the one. So whimsical. once again, we, we, we differ on this one. I'm going to go the opposite route because of our lovely Dresden files. Uh, and that ah. approach, I, I like the dark twisted and, and usually, you know, the dark twisted situation is that there's so many other ways to represent that kind of theme that you don't have to do it with the fantasy route um all because of you i and the dread and introducing me to the dresden files was what got me into oh i really like when fantasy is represented like this um even though it's only one layer of that realm but i digress so yeah i think both are have been done well uh, in many different ways uh but it, it's it's a cool concept i know going from a kid to an adult thing because when you're a kid fantasy to you always means the fun stuff and then you get older and you find different ways it's used. You're like oh okay well you can make this twisted while maintaining some of those childlike wonderment aspects um yeah i thought i thought hey, that would be interesting I, i'm gonna i'm gonna grill i'm gonna grill you a little more up <laughs> you're going to <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna argue i'm gonna argue we're gonna oh no getting... we're gonna have a dresden file argument <laughs> 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 but with, with this episode, uh, that, that's going to be it. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>